2: Joe we had a real sludge of an episode that we had to get through last week but this episode the strip love that double entendre baby we get a plot line about strippers and we get a plot line about being in Las Vegas oh my god
3: I didn't even put that together
2: (laughs) I'm telling you I think that if you look even a little bit under the surface every episode The title can describe two different plot lines happening at the same time. So what was the shower about? Well, that was definitely about the bridal shower. Um, And was it the shower of hate that you felt because Oliver's not the big bad? Yeah, that's probably it. That's probably definitely (laughs) it. All right, here we go. Let's dive into this one because this episode was actually a lot of fun. Joe, let me tell you how fun this episode was, is that I enjoyed it even though I got interrupted like six different times while trying to watch it. I had to keep starting over again. Um, it was like every time I'd hit play, a different phone call would come in and I'd be like, son of a bitch. And then I'd pause it. So like the first like 10 minutes of this episode took me 30 minutes to watch. And I still was like, <laughs> you know what? This episode was fun, but it still had things that pissed me off. And we're going to get into it. But first and foremost, so Caleb's new nickname is KK. Mm-hmm.
3: I think maybe because there's a Kiki, and uh, and so he's
2: a KK. It's, look, it's then, one letter away from the organization that I believe that Caleb might be a member of.
3: True, but if it's <laughs> KK using his first two letters, then it's
2: really Kaka. Like, <laughs> um, I'm not sure if you watch TV with subtitles, but it comes up as C-A-Y-C-A-Y. Oh, dear. So this episode kicks off. Caleb is going to Vegas on a business trip. Uh, the week before the wedding, which Julie immediately sees through as you're having a bachelor party. Yeah, you're, you're, you're having a ba- you're having a bachelor party. You're ha-
0: um.
2: So then Sandy's like, yo, we should crash Caleb's bachelor party. And then that also turns into Ryan and Seth being like, we should go to Vegas. Um. And they're having this. They keep having this conversation where they talk about the Vegas. Um, I know, that's why I was surprised that this episode wasn't just called The Vegas. The Vegas. The line that got me the most was when they find out that Ryan's never been to the Vegas, and he says, Oh, yeah. He goes, I've never been to the Vegas. My mom was more fond of the Reno. This episode's so fucking strange. So, Seth and Ryan are in Vegas, and this stranger named Jen... Randomly keeps kissing Seth. Of course, while he's on this on the phone with yeah. Summer, which serving his beautiful twink body. Yeah. Just leads to like one of those TV trope cliches where it's like total misunderstanding. Um, but you know, Summer is like, oh no, we're done, Cohen. I can't believe you're cheating on me while you're in Vegas, blah, 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 blah. Which also leads to the weird part where Seth is just like, well, I guess we're broken up. Time for me to fuck this stranger that I met in Vegas. Um, But whatever. Uh, And then simultaneously, Marissa finds out that Teresa's pregnant. I wrote, of course, how could you tell? Yeah. Like, how could you tell? Like, just, well, she won't eat sushi, Joe. And she won't drink. Like, that can only mean one thing. If that's the prerequisite for pregnancy, then I'm constantly pregnant. But, but yeah, but but, yeah, no, (laughs) Teresa's pregnant because of course she is. Here's the thing that I got confused by. Mm -hmm. Part of this leads to Marissa getting really upset that Ryan and Teresa had sex. But I felt like that was already kind of common knowledge. Like, Like they were dating for a couple weeks and like Ryan has already, it's been established that Ryan has like slept around for a while. Like, I just, I don't understand how this is supposed to be like this nuclear piece of information for their entire relationship that when, when Marissa and Ryan were broken up and he was dating a different girl that he may have had sex with that different girl. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Am I, am I like, missing something here? Or, like, was there ever a point where Ryan just straight up lied and was like, no, I never had sex with her? Ooh, gross. No,
3: they never talked yeah, about it. Like- That's the other thing. They never talked. Which, like, okay. It, th- which, that alone kind of explains how, like, Marissa's able to just get over it. Um, That, plus, you know, Marissa is probably just in, den- <laughs> in denial about her disappointment. But again, like, It's the idea that, like, okay, well, she needs to just get over it. Uh, She's getting over it because, reasonably, they were not together at the time. And so, you know, Ryan's going to do what a boy from Trino going to do. She
2: ran to Teresa's house, like, weeks after Ryan and Teresa dated to live there. She had intentions of staying. Like, I just, this, this is so, it's so weird to me. It's so, um... It's so ma- it's it's so manic. It's so bizarre. There's I guess I missed this in between phone calls, but apparently Ryan and Seth have some plan to go to Vegas and win money to help Teresa get out of Chino or something like they're like, we're going to to
3: go to Atlanta.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're going to fundraise her escape or whatever.
3: Yeah, they're crowdfunding.
2: To <laughs> their yeah. crowdfunding
3: her um uh, uh, pres- see the thing is they're crowdfunding presumably her escape from her at the, at the when they made the decision it's like it's the it's the, her escape from her uh, abusive boyfriend Eddie.
2: Yeah. So then Jenny, who was randomly kissing Seth, informs them of an underground poker tournament that they mm-hmm. can be a part of. And they yep. do particularly well here and this is like This is the trope that drives me nuts, right? We find out that Jenny is a prostitute and that she was like, I'll Mm -hmm. call up my friends to come and party with us in this penthouse because she like assumes that they're rich because they're staying in the penthouse or whatever. We've seen this thing before, right? We've seen the thing where a guy doesn't realize he's on a date with a uh, prostitute and complications happen plot wise. But in almost every one of those circumstances, it's like guy hitting at, on girl at bar or like it's always the guy being the aggressor. This entire thing starts with her running up to Seth and being like, quick, I need you to kiss me like yeah. it's it is it is so irresponsible scripting to be like this girl. Who literally uses Seth to get into a hotel by like just running up to him, being like, "I need you to kiss me real quick" because the security yeah, guard yeah, is yeah. walking by, and then it's like, "Oh, you guys need to win money." I know, like, there's there's never a point where we, the audience, are even like hinted at that she's not just some like quirky person that they met in Vegas and like that. That just feels so disingenuous to me. Like it made me actually angry with that reveal because I'm like, none of this was fucking earned. Mm-hmm. Just a thing to throw in to take away the money that they had just won. Yeah, it just yeah, like it it. and Joe. I don't know if you've watched the very short lived show undeclared, uh, which was like the pseudo follow up to Freaks and Geeks.
3: No, but I I'm familiar with its mythology
2: um the pimp in this episode plays a character in undeclared and i have to say homeboy's got range cuz here he is <laughs> playing playing the pimp with the upper hand and on undeclared he was the nerdy ra that everybody dunked on for the entirety of that season so look at that man he's he he can do both he, <laughs> good good for him wonderful look at him <laughs> And then there's like a subplot of like Julie Cooper and Haley or Haley and Kirsten are throwing a bachelorette party for Julie Cooper that involves, uh, four fireman strippers. Um, at one point, one of those strippers hits on Julie Cooper and she recants it, but then sees that he's friends with Haley and immediately assumes that Haley was like intentionally sending Mm -hmm. temptation her way. And they get into a, a fight by the pool that kind of, I mean, ends up unresolved. I'm sure that's to be continued into the season finale, uh, next week, but see
3: you would you would think, uh, I'm only going to say that. I mean, see, that's the thing you, you, you're making, you're making predictions. And in my mind, I'm like,
2: Oh, well, you'll fucking say, won't you? Yeah.
3: <laughs> You'll, you'll I mean, you will yeah. see. Don't you are thinking. Yeah.
2: you're thinking like a person who knows what they're doing with their writing. Um, Joe, yeah. you know what? <laughs> we haven't brought her up in a little bit at the time that we're recording this. The season is almost over.
3: Where's Caitlin?
2: No, I was going to say, I just want to I just want to talk about Amy Sherman Palandino for a second, because I've been thinking about this for a really hey. long time and I was thinking about the Gilmore guys and how much we love that podcast and how much that podcast builds this mythos of Amy Sherman-Palladino as a writer um and the first season of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel I genuinely would go to bat and say is the one of the greatest seasons of any television show I've I've ever watched it's it's so good Amy Sherman-Palladino can't end shit like she yeah. <laughs> she doesn't know how to wrap up a story she doesn't understand pacing she doesn't understand like where plot Should land. Um, I'm not sure if you've been watching this final season of Maisel every week. Like I have been forcing myself to do. Yep. But Mm -hmm. like. Joe, I'm sitting there watching this show and I I promise I'm going to bring this back to the O.C. I'm watching this this final season of Maisel and I'm like, we have 10 episodes to wrap up everything Why is there a whole episode dedicated to Abe and a bunch of Jewish men trying to do a fake rescue mission for Joel's ex-girlfriend in some other foreign country? Just like eating up time with absolute absurdity and no plot progression to be found anywhere this is how I feel thinking that this is the penultimate episode of this season. Like I'm having fun. It's goofy and silly, but there is a possibility that they weren't going to get renewed for another season. Like probably not by this point, but like realistically anything could happen. This is really like the episode that you're like, this will get them hooked for that big potential series finale of the OC. Yes.
3: And it's (laughs) all writing on. The fucking baby, right? Like, it's all yeah. riding on that. And so, uh, first of all, I really love that you just took us on a whole fucking journey to dis- to express your disappointment. Um, is subsequent seasons of... Maisel are better than the first season in my opinion like I well I also love I love like I love the touring and I love the you know Europe trip I love the the, everything in the cat skills and I
2: love all of that stuff don't get me wrong what I mean is like if there was only just that one season of Maisel and there was nothing like as a as a singular season of television it hits all of the beats that you want to and if there was never seasons beyond that it would still it would still feel like a contained story which i think is great i guess that also ties to the oc because where we're at right now i just feel like there is zero chance that mm-hmm. when this the when i finish next week's episode that i'm gonna feel like well, if they never got any other seasons, they really tied up all the loose ends because there's yeah. just too many goddamn loose ends right now. <laughs> like- See,
3: but like it's difficult for us to think about that because we know like we know that it did its job. We know that it created enough interest and buzz that they wanted to have a second season. The second season so much stronger
1: <laughs> than
3: yeah. in my opinion in the first in man- in many ways in the first season. <laughs>
0: We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs.
1: Hey there.
0: It is mind-blowing
1: and heartbreaking
0: how many original scripts are written every year but are never made
1: so we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors
0: check us out at undiscovered scripts movies made of paper wherever you get your podcasts free hello
2: everyone we're
3: superhero stuff you should know and if you think you know about superheroes and comic books well, they're padding and, and for at
2: least five less episodes, too, yeah. which probably helps.
3: True, play. true, true. So in the last episode, I mentioned that, like, you know, uh reaffirming my thesis that, like, season one is about uh, the call of, like, Ryan not fitting in and finding his place and still being, like, still having one foot, a uh, foot in both worlds. And I said that love uh, is the anchor that's keeping him still to chino like a you know a former love you know what else is a really great anchor a fucking baby
2: (laughs) yeah but there's joe there is zero this is that is like this is the downside of knowing that this show ran for four seasons and like even without ever watching any it's like there's this has zero stakes to me because i'm like there is absolutely no chance (laughs) There is absolutely no chance that by season four I'm watching Ryan Atwood hang out with his three year old kid. Like there's like, right. like it's like I no, like I absolutely put my foot down in the sand, being like, I would know that by like yeah. like yeah. Like if if the OC just randomly turned into parenthood with Ryan Atwood for three seasons, I feel like I would have caught that conversation. So like yeah. this this potential cliffhanger slash bombshell i'm like look i don't know how they're gonna write this baby out i don't care if they find out it's eddie's i don't care if they go in the really unclassy thing where it's like she loses the baby and it doesn't matter either way but i'm like ryan atwood is not raising a child like (laughs) like that it's is like Ryan Atwood is not going to be there. Yeah, like I am I I would put every penny that I have in the bank right now on Ryan Atwood will not have a child in the second season running yeah. around in his life. Um so it it all feels pointless and and stupid and like also guys use condoms. Jesus fucking Christ. Like hey,
3: Ryan likes a bear. Like that's his. you know they call him Raw Ryan. Yeah. No- <laughs> That's
2: how they do it. That's Chino style. <laughs> That's what I'm going to propose to a future girlfriend. Hey, girl, you want to do a Chino style? <laughs> <laughs> Like Can the- this be the TikTok
3: poll? Yeah. Please make this be the TikTok pool <laughs> I like to <the> live <laughs>
2: dangerously, girl. <laughs>
3: yeah. It's like, oh yeah. It's like, well, forget the rhythm method. We got Chino style.
0: <laughs>
2: we do we do- oh God. Oh. I, I do think that the uh ending of Vegas is really satisfying. Um, Ryan basically hustling them, losing a shit ton of money on purpose. To lull yeah. angry trucker hat into a sense of security, and then immediate jump cut to him wearing the trucker hat and like yeah. just kind of being like, yeah, he he took it, he he swept he swept the floor with him, Joe. But see, like, so speaking of trucker hats, don't you just love
3: how this episode had like all those early aughts cliches? It had the Hard Rock Hotel. <laughs> Or no, was it the Palms or were the
2: Palms of the Hard Rock? It was Hard Rock. According, well, it was Hard yeah. Rock Casino, Casino. The hard rock.
3: Yeah, we got the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, which was like, you know, so it was the it thing for that time period. It is like now it's the shit thing, yeah. <laughs> in Vegas. But like it was the it thing then. It was so much buzz. It was it was probably one of the like the beginning of this modern age of hotels and um and travel and luxury. So, and this is, again, pre, this is a um, pre-Hangover universe. So, you know, Vegas won't really hit its, like, heyday until we get to, uh, its modern heyday until we hit, uh, until we get post-Hangover. But so we have, uh, we got the Hard Rock Hotel with the bowling alley. Um, We got Texas Hold'em home games. Yeah. (laughs) Which is also another like aughts thing where it's like, you know, Remember, I remember like watching like the evening news report of just being like, you know, the home games of Texas Hold'em being had. Yeah. Uh, what I is mean, this I, game?
2: I can't play cards to save my fucking life. And I even played a couple games of Texas Hold'em in friends' basements because it was just like we would do like $20 games, you know, like nickel, yeah. nickel bet games or whatever, and I was garbage at it. I showed up knowing that I wasn't going home with $20 still in my pocket. Like that was for sure. I I mean, there were Saturdays where I was in a friend's basement and he was just watching World Series of poker on TV. Like, yeah, this was definitely that time period where that was popping off in a big way out of nowhere again. Yeah. And trucker
3: hats. That was the kind of the the rule of three on that. It's like that trucker hats, all three and you get an episode you get this specific episode of the oc yeah,
2: this was i think the same year that this episode aired was when bowling for soup wrote their song trucker hat <laughs> but all right you know what else this had plenty of from the early odds joe songs that we knew and loved ah uh, yes so we got eight songs in this episode uh so when they're making a plan to try to fundraise while they're in vegas you hear On Parade by Electrolane. Uh, the Beastie Boys, to Ch- Ch- check it out, plays twice. First when they walk into the casino and then at the end of the episode as they're leaving with their winnings. Uh, so Sweet by Jonathan Rice plays while Sandy is questioning Caleb. Jacqueline by Franz Ferdinand plays uh, when Kirsten asks Haley to find a stripper and then later on in the episode when the prostitutes reveal themselves. How High by Tricky plays as Seth and Reiner in the poker tournament. The Vanishing by Stars plays when Haley first arrives to the party, but then Fire by the Ohio players show up as the fireman strippers start to do their show. Passing mm-hmm. by by zero 07 plays when Summer barges in on the makeout party between Seth Cohen and Jenny. And then finally, Meet Your Demise by Willows with a Z. Plays when Haley and Julie fight by the pool. Uh, a lot of great options on the board on this one, Joe. I want to know where you're leaning on the song of the episode. Fire! I knew, <laughs> I knew that a bunch of shirtless firemen was going to be your kryptonite on this episode. <laughs> it was So here's the thing. Yes, shirtless firemen.
3: I don't typically like a man built for speed. I like a man built for comfort. So like, you know they're just fun to look at but probably wouldn't be fun to have to f- have fun with what does it for me is when and this is only going to be lot this is you know podcasts are famously not a visual medium so it's it's when the men are coming in and julie does this
2: yeah, she does the the <laughs> finger, the she finger does the by the finger side of the
3: lip, like a, the side of the lip with the big teeth smile. And like, like all I can uh. think
2: of, the you know what, you know what I always think of with that face, and it's a very weird reference point, but it's the best way for me to give people a visual is Austin Powers Gold Member. There's a scene with Fat Bastard where he farts. And Austin Powers says, "Did you just soil yourself?" And he throws the finger maybe. to his face. He goes, "Maybe." Like maybe that, that's that's the move that she does <laughs> when she sees these four shirtless firemen storm into the house, blasting the Ohio players.
3: So what I so what you mean to say, Matt, is that when you do the TikTok poll, the image is gonna be a side by side of Julie and
2: <laughs> of Julie Cooper. <laughs> My oh man, yeah, I should have done a who wore it better this week.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, it's that because when she did that, I was like, oh,
2: she's feeling herself. <laughs> well, my and I just pulled from a personal archive. I fucking love the Beastie Boys, and Chitcha Check It Out is one of my yeah. favorites by that the Beastie Boys. Um, if you haven't, I have to uh, tell you to look it up. It is my favorite televised performance of any artist. The beastie boys did check to check it out on uh david letterman and the performance literally starts with them coming out of the new york subway rapping their way from the subway station into david letterman's studio and then finishing the song in the studio and it is so impressively cool like never have three jewish white rappers seem so effortlessly cool than the Beastie Boys did every time that you saw them do anything. Uh, truly trailblazers. Um, all right. Let's talk some pop culture before we wrap this episode up. Uh, let's do it, Joe. I'll go first on this one because mine's okay. kind of like bare. I, I feel like this. I'm really stretching with like a pop culture moment because no one's talked about this show, but I think it is a beautiful show, an Apple Plus. So I'm actually going to talk about a show that I wish was more of a pop culture moment. When people have Apple Plus, they talk about severance. They talk about Ted Lasso. You even hear them talk about like after party sometimes and, and the morning yeah. show. But no one. You talk-
3: delayed our recording for for, for to Ted, watch Lasso. Ted Lasso. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but no one talks about Acapulco. And I'm not sure if you've watched uh-huh. Acapulco, but it is so beautiful and charming and funny and sweet. And I think the last season is going to. well. Again, we're in the middle of a writer's strike right now, but I believe it's been shot already. So maybe we'll get the final season soon uh, or maybe we'll see the final season in like 2026. Who knows? But Acapulco, just just watch it like just sit down, watch it, feel the the waves of just joyfulness that that show can bring into your life. Have you watched Acapulco? Do you even know what it's about? I bel- I think I know
3: what it's about. It's like a guy um who is now a billionaire who's like re-retelling the story of his life working at a hotel.
2: Yeah. So he's he's telling the story of him growing up in a poor neighborhood of Mexico working at this like giant hotel. Um but it's all in the 80s and like one of my favorite elements is that by the pool is uh, this do du- this this musical duo that it always every episode they sing at least one huge '80s pop hit, but it's all in Spanish when they're singing, and it's like <laughs> that every time that it cuts to them, they always have their synchronized dance moves while they're performing and stuff. Is just like that the that moment every episode alone just fills me with with a joy that I can't describe. Um, but it's it's very like and this is coming from, I mean, my my ethnicity is just white. Like, you know, what I mean, like <laughs> I like no real no real anything. But like it has so much of a cultural tie to where the story is coming from that, like mm-hmm. I felt moved by that. I'm sure anybody who hasn't watched it who like has any element of of that heritage will find even more to appreciate because I was just watching sure. it as like, you know, a white a white dude with a white ass name and a pasty yeah. ass body. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. yeah. so, <laughs> so. got that white ass name and that pasty ass body. <laughs> uh, so, how about you, Joe? What is the pop culture significance that you want to talk about? So, I I'm going to talk
3: about this because. And I talked about this on Fright School, so I apologize if you're listening to this and you're also a fan of Fright School. But I recently watched XO Kitty (laughs) on Netflix. So, XO Kitty is a series uh, based off of the character of Kitty Song Covey from uh, the To All the Boys I've Loved Before movies. (laughs) Okay. So... So, like the two All the Boys I'd Love Before movies, it's like it stars um, uh, Lana Condor as Laura Jean Song Covey, mm-hmm. but it's her little sister. And her little sister, Kitty, is now like the head of this like 10 episode. Um, it's essentially a K drama. Like, it's essentially a K drama, but it's meant for like American teens. And the premise is that. Kitty has a boyfriend that li- that's long distance that lives is is from Korea. She um she doesn't have a relation. She didn't have a relationship with their mother before she died, and the mother was Korean. But the mother got to go to a like boarding school for a year on a on a scholarship in order to like reconnect uh, with her motherland. Kitty gets this obviously. Kitty gets the same scholarship and that's also the school where her boyfriend attends. So there's the trailer does a lot (laughs) of this heavy lifting. So that way, when you're in it, you can get through it. But halfway through the uh, half. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is that halfway through the series, this show gets real fucking gay. Like it's just so queer and delightful. And like, that's not a spoiler because like they're like one of the guys from Love Victor is in it playing a gay guy, like it's just a, has a real fun and queer sensibility, and it like made me like miss Heartstopper and like really looking forward to the new season of Heartstopper, and it's like right before Pride season. Um, as of recording this, we're recording this still in May. It's right before Pride season, so I'm just like getting excited for like everything gay to happen in June. So. That is why I'm all about Exo Kitty. Also, I watched it with my sister, and we basically binged it in one evening. Um, And yeah, it was just so freaking fascinating to see to see where they're going with it. And like, it's not a great show, (laughs) like you know that doesn't
2: that's not a barometer for anything. Yeah,
3: I mean, like great show, but it's fun.
2: Some things can just be good. They don't. Yeah. That's there was a there for a long time. Currently, like the Geekscape mantra is the don't hate create, but Mm -hmm. for a really long time, it was it's okay to like things. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like there's way too much internet journalism that's just like this thing is stupid for these illogical reasons. It's like, or sometimes we just need something stupid that's not great that we can just put on and enjoy anyway. Like, it's. It's okay to enjoy things that aren't, like, five-star masterpiece. Well, th- like, here's what I'll say. I will watch a show like New Girl way more times than I will re-watch Succession. Now, is Succession <laughs> undeniably, like the, like, the best written show on television right now? Yes. It's also not fucking fun to watch. <laughs> like, so... Yeah. I support you, and I will add that to my list. I mean, I've got a long ass Netflix list right now, but I will put it on there in solidarity.
3: Add it. Well, you have you watched the other movies? Have you watched "To All the Boys"? Movies? I have it. I have. You it. So, don't need to. So okay. if you don't need to. It's not a requirement. It'll just add extra texture. Let's put okay. it that way.
2: All right. Well, I will add it, and I will enjoy it. And Joe, next week's it. I mean, not it. We've got a like a. 70 something more episodes to watch for the podcast but it is the end of the four seasons that we call season 1 of the OC yes and the start like, of what you promised four to be a far better a uh, four better uh, uh, a far better second season so i'm ready i'm ready i'm excited uh-